Proverbs chapter 30, I've got four verses left in this chapter, and uh, we ought to be able to cover those in 35 minutes. Proverbs chapter 30, not sure when we'll uh, go through chapter 31, but uh, definitely be after missions conference sometime, but but we want to go back to verse number 19, the last little phrase there, verse 19, and then the next four verses. We did not, we did not finish, though we went through the rest of the chapter. Proverbs 30, the Bible says in verse number 19, well, let's just back, back up verse 18 to get the context. Proverbs 30, verse 18, there be three things which are too wonderful for me. Yea, four things which I know not, the way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. For three things the earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat, For an odious woman when she is married, and an handmaid that is heir to her mistress. So this is very interesting. We've got six different people here that are discussed. Three of them are men, and three of them are women. There is a man here that has a certain way with a maid in verse number 19. There is also a servant that says, he reigneth, verse 22, so that's a, a man. And then a fool, verse 22 as well, when he is filled, so that's uh, a man as well. And then the three women, verse 20, an adulterous woman, verse 23, an odious woman, and then also, verse 23, and handmaid. Now, the last two things of verse 19 And 20 are these things that are too wonderful for me. And the first one is, the last phrase of verse 19, the way of a man with a maid. Why does he say this is too wonderful for me? Now, this is God's wisdom. And God in His wisdom says that there are things that are hard to know. They're too wonderful for me, yea, for which I know not. Things that don't make sense, things that are hard to understand... And he says the way of a man with a maid is is something that he knows not. It's hard to understand. Now this maid is not married. That's why she's made. The man, there's. I, I want to know what's going on here. Or where is this relationship going? The way of a man with a maid. I. I it could be a, a relationship that is leading to adultery or fornication because he mentions that in verse 20. But it may just be the way of a man and how he wins a maid's heart. Which is a, a wonderful thing, but it is a thing hard to understand. What's hard to understand about a man that tries to win over a woman? Well, he does it very artfully. A man wins a maid over very artfully by, by flirting with her, by courting with her, by 
treating her in such a way that he will not treat her after he gets her. That's why he says it's it's hard to understand that. Why would you spend so much time trying to win this fair maid and then afterward the treatment is totally different? In other words, before, to win this maid over, you're going to spend money on her, you're going to lavish her with gifts. Then after you get her, you're going to wonder what she's doing with your money. Hard to understand the, the two principles, is it not? You spend the, t- the man, the way of a man with a maid to win, his, win her heart over will compliment her. Desire to spend time with her. And then those are the big issues many times in marriage that seemingly are never done. The way of a man with a maid. Now, in one way, in one way, I don't want to use the word manipulation. In one way, he's just doing whatever he needs to do to win over this this maid. But, But so many times those same things aren't done to keep her. But he also in himself, as he's going with a maid, he's not really bright either. Now, somebody would maybe fault the maid for not being able to see through all, all this stuff. And, but, 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 hey, I'm, put a banner in the sky. This is the way life is. The way of a man with a maid. That's the way it is. And so a wise person will understand that. They'll understand that courtship and everything going through that and prior to that is a different world. It's, it's just the way it is. So you, you need to be wise enough, if you're the maid, that walks with God enough to see through that and to know the will of God regardless. Because here's the truth. God knows the man. So if you know God and God knows the man and you know God, then you can get some information there. Now, the man with the maid is also at a loss. There are so many guys that go after the wrong girl and it affects the rest of their life. I was in Trinidad and I... I didn't even know really what all I was plowing. You know, preachers sometimes they do that. They don't even know where all they're hitting. And there was a visiting youth pastor there. And I had just mentioned about uh, about getting deceived in relationships and about marrying the right one. And Brother Hoffmeister told me afterward that this youth pastor from another church had come. He had come and he had brought visitors and he was dating and courting a lost girl. And his life was starting to change. And even he was starting to grow dreadlocks. Now, you got to understand, it in, I mean, that's not an unusual thing. It's not right, but it's not unusual. About 60% or 65% is Indian background. And then about 35% maybe is, is black. But 
and there's a lot of Rastafarian. Anyway, this woman had wooed his heart, and his way with this maid was ridiculous. He's turning away from everything he was taught, everything he knew. But And I said it, I literally said in my message that all it will take for the devil to get some of you out of church is the right skirt to walk by. Because there are lots of young people in Brother Hoffmeister's church. So the way of a man with a maid, not only how he, he wins said fair maiden, but also how many times he gets deceived in his own heart. And nothing else seems to matter but this girl. And it's not God, but it's the girl. It's not the will of God. And all that has, all that has more to do with hormones than it does wisdom. So you could say the way of a man with a maid is a hormone problem. Probably on both sides. But especially with that man that's like an ox so many times that, that goes off to the, to the slaughter. And um, man, we have lost so many of our kids for marrying wrong. I've watched it for 30 years. And it's like everything goes out of the window. Because I want to get married. Yeah, and then you have to live with it. So, if you don't stay close to God, you're not going to make a right choice anyway. That's just... But the way of a man with a maid is something that is unknown. It's hard to understand and so he, he goes from that way of a man with a maid. This man's trying to win over this maid is what I see in the text. And so look at verse 20. Here you find a woman trying to win over a man. But it's not for marriage. Now, now look at the verse. Such is the way. In other words, like the man tries to win over the maid... This adulterous woman is going to try to win over her prey. Look at it. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. You know, an adulterous woman, she's after prey as well. You know, our society, our society normally uh, presents a man as a predator. But I want to tell you, according to the Bible, especially right here in the book of Proverbs, in verse 20, and also many other places, mainly chapter 7 in the book of Proverbs that we've already dealt with, there are female predators too. There are females that are looking for their prey. And they know how to win them over. They know how to win them over at the office. They're at the job, and they... Just like that man trying to court and flirt with that, with that maid to marry her, the adulterous woman is on the same path to take her prey. What a predator. And what she does is, our verse says, she eateth. She takes what's not hers and she, she eats it and then she wipes her mouth. It's like, okay, I, there's no trace of what I've done. There's no trace of my wickedness. There's, there's no 
trace of my sin. Nobody knows about it. It was done in secret. She eateth, wipeth her mouth, and then look what the Bible says in verse 20. And saith, I have done no wickedness. Do we not live in that society today? People can commit adultery. All they want, they, they see no wickedness in it. They see no wickedness of shacking up with people and fornicating people and, and having relations with people that aren't their, their maid, their husband or wife. We have a society that is convinced they are doing no wickedness. And I expect that for lost people. But I don't expect that out of saved people. If you're saved and you're caught in wickedness, at least just say, okay, I'm wicked. Do what David, I'm the man. We have got to stop justifying our sins and take responsibility for them. He said, this is just... How how can somebody be so wicked and declare that there's nothing wrong with them? Well, it, it gets worse in this chapter. What is the result? Or, or what is the protection against the adulterous woman? I had a pastor one time tell me, or not a pastor, an evangelist one time. It's when I was I was in my, my 20s and he was up. In Virginia, actually, he, he used to be my, my wife's pastor, but he, he's, in, he's been in heaven a good while now. But I never forget, he told me, he said, he said, Brent, I really believe, I really believe that the devil has a woman on the trail of every servant of God. That's what he said. What is the protection against that? Because I, I just, to be honest with you, men are, men are animals. Guys, we're animals. We are beasts. What is the protection against that? A good marriage. A good marriage. Be ravished with your own wife. And then the prey... And I tell you what, that is where the door gets opened. Be ravished with your own wife, and and ladies, let them ravish you. Well, that fell a little quiet. It does take two to tango. What I'm saying is not, not inappropriate. What I am saying is protection against adultery. Enjoy a good, intimate marriage because, ma'am, it, probably somewhere out there, your husband is going to walk across somebody that's after them as prey. Verse 21. For three things... The earth is disquieted. Now, what does that mean? That means everybody on the earth is made very uncomfortable, very uneasy. You ever been just really uncomfortable around someone and you're just totally uneasy with them and there's just, everything is tight and that's what he's talking about. For three things, the earth is disquieted and for four, which it cannot bear. There are four things that are such a burden. It is an unbearable load and nobody can take it. 
And again, we're introduced to two men and to two women. Verse 22. For a servant when he reigneth. Now, why is that an unbearable thing? Why does that make everybody uneasy? Well, the servant wasn't trained to reign. He was, ser- he was trained to serve. The servant wasn't educated to know how to rule over people. And so the servant is out of place when he is reigning. That's not his job. So if you take a servant and you put him in a position of reigning, you're going to have a problem. Matter of fact, hold your finger right here and go to chapter 19. you got a verse on that. Proverbs 19 and verse number 10. Proverbs 19 verse 10. The Bible says, Delight is not seemly for a fool, much less for a servant to have rule over princes. It just doesn't make sense to take a lowly individual that doesn't know anything about uh, taking care of people or, or leading people and putting them in a position that they're not ready for, i.e. the U.S. government. <laughs> Lamentations. Hold your... F- We'll be right back to Proverbs. Lamentations chapter 5. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and then you'll hit Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 5. You can't bear it when the wrong people are in charge. If if they've not been trained how to do it, they're going to make a mess of everything. And many times God allows servants to reign to be judgment upon a land. Uh, Lamentations 5. And verse number 8, well, look at verse 7. Our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. Servants have ruled over us. There is none that doth deliver us out of their hand. It is like a terrible trap. It's, it's a destruction when these servants are ruling in place of the one that should be ruling. And the prophecy is that's exactly what happened. With Solomon's son. Solomon's son was Rehoboam. He took the kingdom. Listen. Solomon's servant, Jeroboam, split the kingdom. Now, that was the judgment of God. But he split the kingdom. But what kind of a ruler was Jeroboam? A wicked ruler. He took the people into idolatry. He didn't know how to rule, and so he tried to make it up as he went along. You know, anybody that has any job doing any, anything has to be trained how to do it. The servant is not trained to be the ruler. You train people to be the kings. A, a pastor's got to be trained. Well, you've got to train your children. I, I'm going to say more about this when we get into our missions conference. But, but, but look... If you don't want to have a selfish child, you have to teach your child how to give. And if you don't teach your child how to give, then it's your fault of what kind of person they become. Just like you've got to teach them how to be, how to know math and be a hard worker, you've got to teach them values and you've got to teach them the value of giving for the work of God. Every child and every teenager in this church ought to put a faith promise card in and their parents ought to lead them in doing that. We have young people that have never been taught how to give and all they are is takers. And so we wonder why we have a generation that all they can do is take from society because they've never been taught to give. And you can either teach them to give or they'll just be takers. 
Of course, you can't teach somebody how to do something that you don't do. But We have to be the example with that. So we have to take our kids by the hand and show them how to do the job. Just like, you know, if um, I get a kick every now and then, uh, I'll find, you know, Brother Todd or Miss Emily will send a little little clip of John Luke out there, you know, with his tool belt trying to work with. It's hilarious, you know. He's learning something from his daddy. Listen to me. Your kids are learning something from you at church. What are they learning? Are they learning how to give? Are they learning how to love God? Are they learning to prioritize eternal things? So this servant doesn't work well when he's reigning. It, it, it's, nobody can bear it. Everybody is uneasy. He doesn't have any concern over who he's ruling. Keep reading. He says, verse number 22, And a fool when he is filled with meat. So this fool, he fills himself with meat and he starts doing stupid things. He, and you can write down two, two guys about this in the Bible that, that illustrate that phrase. One is Nabal. Nabal filled himself with food and pleasure and eating and drinking. David's servants came by and then he ran his mouth off because he, he got so puffed up and so self-confident because he, he was filled with all of the, 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 the meat and the goodness and the riches and the things and he spouted off his mouth and, he, and of course ultimately he lost his life but his whole, his whole family would have been killed if it hadn't been for his good wife. He was a fool. And because he was filled, he shot his mouth off. Same thing happens in the book of Luke, that fool that Jesus talks to us about in Luke chapter 12. And he's rich and increased with goods and he's got all these barns. And he says, I'm going to build, tear them down and build bigger. And, and I'm just going to eat, drink and be merry. And he just fills his life with so many things. And the Lord says, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. It, there's something about a fool when prosperity comes, it just destroys him. The prosperity of fools shall destroy them. The worst thing some people have is if they have plenty to eat and, 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 and plenty of things and their life is filled because they, then they just don't think they need God. And, and that's hard to bear. That can't be born. And everybody is uncomfortable around a fool. Well, we get to the women now in verse 23. God's an equal opportunity employer. Remember, three men, three women. And lest when I read this phrase... Somebody accuses God of being a misogynist. They need to read all of the verses in chapter 31 where God puts a woman on a pedestal. He says in verse 23, this is hard to bear. You can't bear it. For an odious woman when she's married. So let's talk about odious women for just a moment to our peril. What does the word odious mean? 1828 dictionary, the Bible says odious means hateful. It means deserving hatred. Deserving hatred. 1828 says this about odious. Something less than detestable. I'm just reading the dictionary. Offensive to the senses. Disgusting. 
an odious smell. You say, what is this woman's problem? Well, if you've read the book of Proverbs, you've been introduced to her on several occasions. She's been called a contentious woman. She's been called a brawling woman. She's been called an angry woman. I read two quotes that were so overwhelming that I there's no way I could say it any better if I preached an hour. I couldn't say this any better than I'm fixing to read to you. One is a quote from John Gill from the 1700s, and the other quote is from Charles Bridges from the 1800s. Listen to this. You'll have to listen close. And if you get this, we can move on. You probably don't want me to elaborate. John Gill, 1700s. She is odious for her person, her ugliness, and the deformity of her body, or rather for the ill qualities of her mind. Listen. Which, while single... Remember, this is an odious woman when she is married. Which, while single, she endeavors to conceal, but being married hides them no longer, but becomes proud, scornful, and malicious, and behaves in an ill-natured way to her husband and all about her to such a degree that there is no bearing the place where she is. Charles Bridges, 1800s. Look again into the inner room of the family. What is the origin of discord and palpable misery? An odious woman is in rule. She quarrels with all around her. Her ungoverned tongue and temper are an unceasing source of agitation. Had she known herself, much better for her never to have entered into the marriage bond than to become the inseparable tormentor of husband and family. Woman is to man either his greatest curse or blessing. You don't want to be an odious woman. If you're a lady, we got some good ladies in this church. There's some great ladies in the world. There's some virtuous ladies in this world. But there are many more odious women than there are virtuous women. So if you don't want to be an odious woman, you be what the Bible tells you to be. Tells you to be meek and quiet and submissive and have that right spirit that he wants you to have. Because nobody can take that. It is quiet as a mouse in this church. (laughs) Maybe we ought to have a young ladies class on how not to be an odious woman. All right, the last one. So we've got one more lady to look at, verse 23, for an odious woman when she is married and an handmaid that is heir to her mistress. 
Now, the handmaid is not supposed to be an heir because she, like the servant, is designed just to serve her mistress. She's not supposed to be the one that inherits everything. If the handmaid, the little servant girl, if she starts inheriting every, if the mistress just says, instead of giving to my children, instead of giving to my relatives, I'm going to give everything to my little servant girl here, then what he's trying to say is that many times that is so out of place, she can't handle that. It could make her proud. It could make her vain. And she will enjoy something that really wasn't intended to be hers. And she probably will waste it. How many times has someone got the inheritance in a family and it caused bedlam in the family? The person that wasn't supposed to get it got the inheritance and they couldn't, I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't bear it. It was, as it says in the verse, it's intoler, they're intolerable things that, that cannot be born and they're never, they're never comfortable and are always uneasy around this person that, that got what was supposed to go to all the rest of the family. You said, is there an example for that in the Bible? Yes, there is. Hagar. Hagar was Sarah's handmaid. Sarah was her mistress. And I don't know what got in the mind of Sarah to cause this, but she got this idea that she was going to give her, give her mistress, the most valuable possession that she had, and that was her husband. And that she was going to entrust to her mistress her inheritance, which would be a child. She tells Abraham, take my handmaid, and then we will have a child for our inheritance from the handmaid. But see, Hagar has the child that she wasn't supposed to have. That was not supposed to be her inheritance. She was not supposed to enjoy Abraham. She was not supposed to bear his child. Sarah was supposed to bear a child. And what Sarah did, she took her inheritance and she gave it to her handmaid. And after she did that, it was the same regret that the man went after the maid and had regret. And it's the same regret as the adulterous woman, the man gives in to the adulterous woman and what he has to bear because he gave in to that. And it's the same as the servant when he reigns the pain that comes from all the people that have to endure his reign because he didn't know what he's doing. And those that get in the fool's way as the prosperity cause them to lash out at everybody and never live for eternity. And, and the same with the odious woman, how the husband suffers and the children suffer and everybody else in 20 miles suffers with the odious woman. It's the same thing with the handmaid that had the inheritance that didn't belong to her. And, and Sarah says, I can't stand her. Well, you're the one that loved her. You're the one that gave her. You're the one. It was your idea. People are so weird. Why doesn't Sarah say, what a fool I've been? She doesn't say that. She blames the handmaid. And she blames 
Abraham. But she'll never blame herself. The odious woman can't see her problem. The way of the man with the maid can't see his problem. The adulterous woman doesn't see her problem. She didn't think there's anything wrong with her. I'm telling you what, humanity is so mixed up, people can't see what's wrong with them, and they'll never take the blame for it. So you know what Sarah does? She, she persecutes that woman. And, and, and the child, too. And the child didn't hurt anybody. And so they run them off, and she's out there, and her child's... St- you say, you know, well, God, don't, don't blame all that on God. Blame that on Sarah. And blame that on Abraham from listening to his wife. But don't blame that woman. She was just caught up in the trap that so many people get caught up with other people's wickedness. It's sad. So you know what I take away from that? I take away that several things. Number one, I don't want what doesn't belong to me. I don't want an inheritance that I'm not supposed to have. I don't want a woman that I'm not supposed to have. You shouldn't want a man that you don't, you're not supposed to have. You shouldn't want a position of rulership that you shouldn't have. Be content with where God placed you. These people evidently were not content with any of that. And so there's a bad result every time. So many bad results... And nobody stops to say, is it me, O Lord? (laughs) Did I make a wrong choice? Did I do a, a sinful act in your eyes? Guys, and I'm finished. I'm just tying it up. I'm telling you, we spend a lot of time talking about how the world out there is so insane. And they are. They are off their nut. They're wicked. But what I'm telling you, right in the family of God, there are people that are so unwise that they fall into the same traps and they don't even see it.